how are we doing? All right. We are in uh, our third session. We're looking at Genesis from verse uh, from chapter 16 to 32. We are talking about Abraham and Sarah. We looked at Hagar and Ishmael. We're at Isaac and we see the son of promise is on the scene and God has shown himself faithful to do what he said he will do. And he's bringing forward this covenant that through Abraham and his seed and his descendants that the world will be blessed. So in Genesis chapter 25, it starts off with Abraham getting married again after Sarah dies, a woman named Keturah, and she has more children. And so Abraham now has more kids, but he gives everything that he has to Isaac. Now he makes sure to take care of all the children and he gives them, you know, different things and they go different places, but he gives all that he has. He gives the birthright, everything to Isaac because Isaac is the son of promise, even though he's not the eldest, but in God's eyes, he's basically the only one. And Abraham, he dies at 175, right? And he is buried in the cave with Sarah. Now, even though I'm telling you now that Abraham dies in 175, don't think that for the rest of the story that I'm about to share that he is not on the scene, okay? Uh, the timings overlap, right? So Abraham actually, see, well, he sees Isaac born and he's alive when Jacob and Esau, which are Isaac's children, are born as well. So he dies at 175, but there's a lot that happens while he's still alive. So Isaac is 40, when he marries Rebecca and she is barren for about 20 years, right? And Isaac prays for her and her womb opens and Isaac doesn't have another wife. The Bible doesn't record that. So it's just Isaac and Rebecca and her womb opens. She has the, uh, she conceives and she conceives twins. So if Isaac is 40 when they're married and she's barren for 20 years, Isaac is about 60 when they're born. But uh, she, uh, Rebecca has an uncomfortable pregnancy. There's a lot of turmoil. It's more than just the baby kicking and turning within her. And verse 23 says this, And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Are you hearing that? The Lord says to Rebecca, the older shall serve the younger. Now we're seeing the theme that God is faithful and he does what he says he will do. So in God's mind, in God's plan, the older will serve the younger. But let's see how it plays out. So she gives birth to the two, the twins. The first child comes out, he's red and he's hairy and his name is Esau. And the second child, you know, when he's coming out, he's holding on to his brother's heel. He he's just he's ready to go, right? And his name is Jacob. So Esau, he becomes a cunning hunter and he loves the field. He's an outdoorsy type of man, and he is loved by his father. But Jacob, he's more mild and gentle. The Bible says he's a plain man, so he's kind of perfect, good looking, and all that stuff. And he's more of a house guy. He stays home with his mother because he's loved by his mother. One day later on, uh, as they, they grow up, Esau comes in after a long day or a long days of hunting and all of that. And he's extremely tired and he's hungry. And Jacob sees an opportunity and he says, listen, I will give you this stew that, he, that I cooked, but sell me your birthright. 
Now, birthright is extremely important because that lets you know what you're going to receive. As the eldest child, Esau had right to the birthright. He was to get all of his father's position, um, possessions and the father's position in the family as the leader. He was supposed to be the one to take on all of Abraham's responsibility and lead the way. And Esau, because he's so hungry and he's so in the moment, sells his birthright to Jacob for soup, lentil soup, stew, and bread. And as soon as he does that and Jacob gives him the soup, he, Esau despises his birthright. It's a really interesting thing. So be careful when you're hungry and you're tired and you're worn out, okay? Don't make rash decisions. Put value on the things that God has given you and the things that God has done because look what Esau does. Esau gives away his position as a firstborn and his blessing as a firstborn for food. So we continue on and we, we see, we can see right off the bat, there are some issues between the brothers. And it will lead us to issues between the parents because remember, Esau is loved by the father and Jacob is loved by the mother. Genesis 26 brings us to a famine in the land. Isaac and Sarah and their twins are experiencing a deep famine. And he decides to travel southward as his father did, and he ends up in Gerar with another Abimelech king of uh, the Philistines in Gerar. Now, the difference between Abraham and Isaac is Abraham, he continued all the way south to Egypt. Remember, that's where the whole issue with him, his wife being his sister and the Pharaoh and all of that. But as as Isaac is traveling south and he gets into Gerar, the Lord says to him, don't go any further. Don't go into Egypt. And you wonder why, right? Maybe Egypt had a lot of food and what he needed. But Isaac is the son of promise and he is dwelling in the land of promise, the land that God has covenanted to give to Abraham as his descendants. And so God wants him to remain there. He can move about in the land of promise, but to stay in the land of promise. And that brings an important thing for us, a uh, point, because God, Isaac is a promised man living in the land of promise, but that doesn't mean that there weren't challenges. There's a famine in the land. We would think, oh, the land of promise should be no famine, no issue. We should just sail through life. But no, there's a famine and he has to make some adjustments, but God is still true to his word. And God is true to the word that he has given to you. Even in the place where God is calling you or has brought you, there, there will be challenges, okay? There are things you'll have to, to experience and all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that the promise is not real or that God is a liar. God is truthful. So he stays in Gerar and um, Abraham, um, Isaac, who grew up with his father, Abraham, he, he encounters some challenges, all right, that are very, very, very similar to his father because he gets there and Isaac says that Rebecca is his sister. Who would have thought, right? So he says that. So basically, Rebecca is open for any person to um, you, to propose to, to marry, and they're living their lives like that. But the king, all right, Abimelech the king, sees them showing affection to each other and realizes 
something's wrong with this picture. And he realized that he's been deceived. And so he comes to um, Isaac and he rebukes Isaac for tricking them and then charges that no one touches Rebecca. Now, Isaac does this after God has revealed to him that, listen, I am going to bless you as I blessed your father. So when they're going south and God tells them not to go to Egypt, God re repeats the covenant that he gave to Abraham to Isaac, blessing them with, with the land, with a nation, and that through them all of the earth shall be blessed. And because Abraham obeyed God and did what he said, right? Isaac now receives the covenant. So he had just received this big moment and then he lies to the king. Oh, can you see yourself in this story? Can you see yourself? All right. Sometimes we do that even after great encounters with the Lord. So Abimelech is not happy. And, um, you know, he tells everyone not to touch Rebecca because that's really Isaac's, Isaac's um, wife. So Isaac is there. The people are not very happy with him, right? And Isaac works very hard. And as he works very hard, he becomes wealthy as his father Abraham did. And he becomes so prosperous until the Philistines in Gerar, they actually envy him. And what they do, they basically stop up all the wells. Now, remember, for a person who has a lot of livestock and who has wealth in their livestock, like Isaac and Abraham did, a well is life. You need the water to feed yourself and your livestock. And so they, the Philistines are actually stopping up all the well, the well, so he doesn't have access to the water. And um, these are the wells that his father's servants had dung, dug much earlier. So the king, listen, he asks Isaac to leave, right? To, uh, to leave contention, a lot of things happening. And Isaac leaves, but he doesn't go very far. He goes from the land of Gerard to the valley of Gerard. He doesn't go very far. And he digs wells again. He digs the same wells um, that his father digged, dug, sorry, and he calls them by the same name that his father called them. So it's a sign of respect and just continuity of, of promise, right? But in addition to the name that his father called them, he adds on a name to reflect the current situation that he's in right now. And the first well is called Ezek, which means contention. The second well is called Sitna, which means opposition, right? But the third well is called Rehoboth, right? So the first two he's digging, they're, 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 stopping them up again, right? But the third one is Rehoboth. So he's focused, he's doing what he has to do, and he calls this well Rehoboth, which means roominess. So he's saying the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. We see him return to Beersheba as Abraham had done before. So there is a similarity in their journeys. And the Lord appears to him there, and Isaac builds an altar and pitches his tent and dwells there. And then the natives of Gerar, the people of Gerar, they make a peace treaty. And the people make a peace treaty with Isaac, you know, so their behavior will be better, and then they have a feast. So that's what's going on in Isaac's life, right? Um, and so just, just to highlight verse 23 for you, where it says, And the Lord appeared to him, Isaac, the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you, and I will multiply your descendants for my servant Abram's sake, connecting him to the covenant that he made with Abraham. 
All right, so that's going on with Isaac and his family. Now remember, Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and it's the Bible tells us when Esau is about 40, right? He takes two wives of Canaan. Now this is important because we will see later on that Isaac does not want his children to take wives of the woman of Canaan. He doesn't want that. So the, the, the wives that Esau, his son takes, brings grief to Isaac and Rebekah. So let's go a little bit more with this action between uh, Jacob and Esau. So Isaac marries Rebekah. They have twins and the first one, the firstborn is Esau and the secondborn is Jacob. Esau sells his birthright to his brother Jacob for, for some food. And we're in Genesis 27. So Isaac is old now and he calls Esau to feed him the stew that he loves, the venison stew, because remember Esau is a hunter and then he will bless him. He will give him that blessing as his firstborn. And Rebecca hears this, right? And she decides to set up Jacob to take the birthright, all right? To deceive the father and take the birthright. Now remember God had said to, to, to um, Rebecca earlier on while they were still in the womb that the younger would the older would serve the younger so we believe that that's in the back of her head but god has a way of doing things this is deception and so rebecca sets jacob up to deceive his father and listen to what she does she says to jacob go and just Go get that goat in, in the yard and bring that to me, right? Because Esau is going hunting for, for his animal. But just go right here, get that, and then I will make the stew. And I want you to put on your brother's clothes, wear Esau's clothes to get his smell, right? And then take the skins of the animal and put them over your skin because Esau is a very hairy guy. So put on all of that, and then you're going to go in and get Esau's blessing. At first, Jacob hesitates, right? He's like... What if my father catches me? But after he has that mild hesitation, he goes with the plan. I believe he trusts his mother, right? And who knows what's going on in his heart deep down. So he goes in and even Isaac is like, okay, you feel like my son Esau, but your voice is like Jacob. And Jacob lets him know, this is me, this is Esau, this is Esau. So Isaac is deceived. We believe he's half blind, right? And um, he blesses Jacob instead. So I want to read to you verses 27 to 29, what he says. So he comes near and kissed him. That is Jacob to, to Isaac. And he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. So this, which was reserved for Esau, the firstborn, is given to Jacob through deception. And then afterwards, when Isaac realizes what has happened, he is grieved. He is troubled, right? He is troubled because he has been tricked. Even though God had said that the younger, the older would serve the younger, Isaac feels deceived. Now Esau comes back from his, his time of hunting and he is irate when he hears what has happened. 
and he threatens to kill Jacob, his brother, as soon as the days of mourning for his father is over. So Isaac looks like he's close to dying. As soon as he dies, I'm going to get you. All right. And he asks, asks his father, Isaac, listen, can you bless me to give me that blessing? And verses 39 to 40 says this, then Isaac, his father answered and said to him, behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword, you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from your neck. So he can't get the same blessing that Jacob got because it was given already, but this is what the father gives to Esau, right? And um, when so when Rebecca hears that, that Esau is just going to kill her favorite, which is Jacob, right? She tells Jacob to leave home, to run to her brother Laban, remember Laban? We heard about him before in Haran and hide there. And who knows, this may have been the last time he would see his mother as soon as he leaves, right? And here we see Esau, like he's just upset. And he says to his brother, you are rightly named Jacob for he has supplanted me these two times. So Jacob means supplanter, right? And he took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. But that's not really accurate because the first time when the birthright was sold, Esau sold it because he was hungry. So Esau gave up the birthright. He did not, um, Jacob did not go and deceive him in that sense. He asked for it fairly and received it. So this is what's happening between the brothers. There, listen, family dynamics, family drama. We have Isaac over here loving one son. We have Rebecca loving one son. We have the brothers in contention. We have blessing. We have all of those things that deception, all of that is happening. See, it is real people that happen. And it shows us for our life, listen, when God speaks a word, let him do it. <laughs> let him lead you in the way how to bring it to pass. Don't do it, take it in your own strength and do it in your own way because you will cause more problems than you have anticipated. Let God lead you. Let God do it. 